presented by Google. Good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Tuesday, September 12th. And the big story driving the day is, shocker here, infighting amongst House Republicans over spending issues. The Republican conference in the House is set to, or I should probably say, is supposed to be taking up and passing the Defense Department appropriations bill this week. That's according to the calendar that they've released and the planning that they've given their members. And you would think that this would be an easy bill to pass through the Republican-led House. It's quite conservative, chock full of red meat issues for the base, including pushing back on what Republicans like to call, quote, woke Pentagon policies. But here's the problem. They don't actually have the votes right now, or they're not sure that they do. And the reason is because conservatives are pushing Speaker Kevin McCarthy to commit to lower funding levels for other appropriations bills, not necessarily the Pentagon bill that they're considering this week, but others that are set to come to the floor in the next few days and few months. You would be forgiven for being a little confused about this because there's actually been a lot of reporting about how McCarthy has reneged on this agreement he cut with the White House on spending levels earlier this year. He has already instructed House Republicans to mark up appropriations bills at lower levels than they will actually be passed later in the year. But conservatives actually say that's not good enough. They want to go even lower. And it could actually come to a head as soon as 3 p.m. today when the House Rules Committee will be voting on a resolution that will basically govern the process for debating and passing this Pentagon bill. The Rules Committee has three top conservatives on that panel, and if all three of those conservatives vote against the rule in committee, that means they won't be able to consider the Pentagon bill or even the rule to consider the Pentagon bill. And that means McCarthy is going to be having to do this last-minute negotiation with conservatives to try to iron out a deal for all these other future appropriations bills. And my leadership sources are telling me it could get very ugly very quickly, and they're not really sure how it is going to resolve. In a lot of ways, this whole squabble with Republicans right now is actually for naught. I've talked to senior Republicans who admit that eventually they're going to have to swallow the much larger spending numbers that McCarthy agreed to with the White House earlier this year. Now, McCarthy is not saying that publicly, probably for fear of getting blowback from these conservatives, but privately, a lot of appropriators and a lot of senior Republicans are saying he's going to have to do this eventually. So what does it matter if they mark up bills at the current spending level or go even lower for conservatives? Because neither of them are going to be the final product when we actually fund the government long term. One thing to keep an eye on in this fight, conservatives are ratcheting up a lot of pressure on their colleagues to fall in line with the shutdown later this year. The Freedom Caucus will be doing a 3 p.m. presser with a whole bunch of powerful outside conservative groups, encouraging everyone to basically hold the line in this shutdown showdown that we will see later this month. At the same time, we're also starting to see conservatives and moderates start to duke it out publicly. David Joyce, who is an appropriator and a Republican from Ohio who's more centrist, he had actually gone on CNN a few days ago and blasted Chip Roy, who was cheering a shutdown, by noting that Roy was a staffer for Ted Cruz 
during the 2014 Obamacare shutdown. And he told her, look how that ended. They didn't get anything for it, essentially. Well, Chip Roy took a shot at David Joyce on Twitter, saying that the reason they didn't get rid of Obamacare is because of members like him not holding the line. So it's going to get ugly. And this is just the beginning. September is going to be a very long month. I want to highlight a little buzzy item that we have in Playbook today, Tim Scott's mystery girlfriend. There have been whispers circulating about the fact that Tim Scott is a very rare bachelor running for president. Some Republican voters have wondered why he's never been married, why he hasn't started a family. Axios's Alex Thompson reported a few days ago that conservative donors have pushed Scott's team for more clarity about his love life before they decide to give. And this morning, as part of the Washington Post's style section relaunch, there is an amazing piece by the one and only Ben Terrace, who, mind you, once boldly asked Scott if he was still a virgin because he used to preach on the merits of abstinence until marriage. Ben Terrace, obviously fabulous writer, uh, but the piece is really interesting and talks about how Scott even his friends, have never seen or don't even know the name of this girlfriend he apparently has. And Scott actually reluctantly sat down with Terrace for a story, although he admitted to him that if he had his way, he wouldn't be doing it. He divulged that he met his new girlfriend through a church friend, they do Bible studies through their phone app, and he told Terrace that he wants to marry her. But he doesn't want to put her in the limelight yet until she sort of sees what she might have to deal with, and then she can make a choice about whether this is the life she wants to lead. Some really interesting stuff. Politics meets romance, only in playbook. And one more thing. Join Politico at the Conrad Hotel this evening for an expert discussion on how the resilience of tourism and travel is driving post-pandemic recovery. On the schedule is a conversation with Congressman Rick Larson, a ranking member of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, and a familiar face, my colleague Eugene Daniels, will be moderating. You can register online through the link in Playbook. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening. Cyber attacks on critical infrastructure threatens the essential services we all rely on. That's why essential institutions like schools, hospitals, and government agencies across the country are partnering with Google to keep their data safe and secure. Explore how Google is keeping more Americans safe online than anyone else at safety.google forward slash cybersecurity.